0: All right, it's Friday, baby. Let's go. I am ready to go. When the Metallica shirt's on, we're ready. We're feeling frisky. A lot of people already in the room. It is great to have you here. Welcome to the Damon Bruce Show on Damon Bruce Plus. Oh, the army grows, the legend grows, the reputation grows, and we like that. Thank you very much for supporting. Uh, it's been a good week, week of new lighting, week of a new camera. Uh, we might have a, a new microphone coming in this weekend, more bells and whistles as Mrs. Plus continues to improve the product. Again, I'm just a pretty girl sitting on top of the car looking all tardy. Hey, <laughs> Jillian built the car. Jillian built the damn car. She's putting in. Uh, she, she's putting new rims on the car this weekend. It's going to get even better. We're at the end of month two. This is our our eighth Friday, so that's that's officially eight weeks in the books here. Uh, sponsors are joining. More people are showing up. We thank you so very much. And again, by the time football season comes around, this thing's going to be a nuclear warhead just aimed at the internet we're going to blow it all up. It is really good to have you here today. Uh, we got some stuff to get into. A week to recap, an interesting weekend to look forward to. Let's just get into the fact that the Celtics feel like they're back a little bit in this series. There's a difference between extending a playoff series with a token win or two on your way out the door and climbing back into the series. Now look, this rug can be pulled out from underneath and Miami wins one more game and it's good night, Boston. But man, For two games in a row, the Celtics have looked absolutely legit against Miami. When they look dead in the water for three straight games, starting 0-3, they're climbing back into it. Again, one thing to extend the series and another thing to sort of feel like they're back in it, back-to-back convincing wins. So we got ourselves a game six tomorrow in Miami, 5.30, and I'm all about it. You know, it's good that a couple lopsided games make me believe we might have a series here that could go seven games. What I'd like now, and I'm going to get a little selfish, what I'd like now is a good game. Give me a good fourth quarter. We don't have much hot NBA basketball action left this year. So I want some good hoops before it's all said and done. I think the Nuggets are about to be NBA champions. That's well stated. And we learned some things today. Uh, How about the fact that LeBron James came out in the news saying that uh, he's been playing the last two months with a torn tendon in his foot. Obviously, we talked about uh, the Warriors' pivot to LeBron James. Maybe. Well, I wonder what this news about a foot does. I'll tell you right now, though. You know, everyone's looking to blow holes in LeBron, what's wrong, what's right. Dude, I can't think of how many players would shut down their year with a torn tendon in their foot in their age 28 season, much less age 38 season. That foot must have been barking at LeBron something fierce, man. Um, Off-season surgery could be on the horizon. Torn tendon in your foot doesn't sound... How how are you going to have... How are you going to fix that without a little off-season surgery? You know, we're talking about what he's got left. What he's really got left. Does he have 100, 120 impactful NBA games left in his body? And if he were to attach... Those 100, 120-ish impactful games left in his NBA body to the Warriors. Let's just say it is going to be a uh, very, very interesting offseason for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, We have lots to get to today. But let me tell you, if you want to get to a good lunch today, this guy right here, Ike's is ready to take care of you at his restaurant Today. And if you don't know where his restaurant is, just open your map. There's probably one around you, especially if you're here in Northern California, but he is expanding. We're talking about almost a hundred Ike's sandwich shops are around a hundred on the way to a thousand. That's like we're we're at like fifty five hundred subscribers on, on the way to ten thousand. We're gonna get there before anyone believed we could. I promise you that. Outworked, out hustled, not here. Somebody was ripping me yesterday. Damon, only an hour, only doing an hour for us. Hey, baby, first rule of show business is leave them wanting more. That's the first rule. Uh, So go get yourself a sandwich at Ike's today. And, again, if you're feeling frisky on a Friday like I am, I can promise you some blackened whiskey on the rocks will be on tap in the Bruce household tonight. I, I can guarantee you that. I might even have to take a little picture and do a little shot and say dobsha to everyone out there who's watching. A uh, little bit later on tonight, uh, there's my man Ike right there. Look at he—he's not just sponsoring the show. It's like what George Zimmer, you know. I, I'm not just a—I'm not just a president. I'm also a client or whatever that thing was for the Men's Warehouse. My man Ike, my man Ike, supporting the product in many, many ways. And again, Steve P says, you know, those Voodoo chips are the bomb. Those are really good. And I'll tell you, I'm i am a big. I'm a big believer in the uh, Carmel apple pop that you get too, so I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it, Damon, from Irwin. Bring back the pound it soundbite so we can pound some Mike's sandwiches and black and whiskey. Oh Annie baby, one of the great callers of my career. Pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it. Loved her, loved Annie baby. Uh, thank you very much again. Bells and whistles. We'll be arriving soon here on De Plus. And by the way, so this sign, we, we need to get a new sign. We can't get this old-fashioned lit-up behind sign like all LED and our camera screws with it, but we're going to figure it all out. We're going to figure it all out, and when I say we're going to figure it all out, what I'm trying to say is Jillian's going to figure it out. And I'll plug it in and try to take credit for it. But you all know who the mastermind behind this whole operation is. Um, and uh, the operation is, of course, fueled by blackened whiskey. And we'll be celebrating all things blackened whiskey when we get to Club Plus here in just a little bit. But as I was saying yesterday, you know, this is going to be a fascinating season, offseason for the Golden State Warriors. Um, you know, the the flirtations with LeBron aside, if that doesn't happen, how do they improve this team? Incredibly cap strapped decisions um you know will be forced upon them more than they're just about to be able to go out and make their own decisions about improving this roster um but as i said yesterday any concept of a two timeline plan that's totally scrapped right now that doesn't even exist anymore for the golden state warriors there is but one mission going forward there is one timeline and that is one more finals for steph curry beg borrow steal kill doesn't matter how you get there that is now the mission future be damned, 2028 season be damned. Um, There's no way to avoid the crash and burn that's going to eventually show up at Chase Center. It's coming. As we said yesterday, you go ahead and look at the post-Michael Jordan Bulls, you look at the post-Kobe Lakers, post-Ewing, Starks, uh, New York Knicks. It never gets better when the best player in your franchise is done. It never does. So there's no way to really avoid it. Embrace the suck when it happens, and it'll be a lot easier to go through the suck if there is one more NBA Finals appearance for Steph Curry and company before it is all said and done. A little break in news here on a Metallica Black and Whiskey Friday. Uh, It is NFL-related, and the Cardinals have released wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins today. Now, I joked around on Twitter saying Kyle Shanahan should pick up that phone like Adele and be like, hello. Now, can they afford him? The answer is probably not. Do they have a deeper wide receiver room right now than before? DeAndre Hopkins would absolutely be a luxury item more than a necessity to a team that's already loaded to bear with talent and weapons. But whenever the possibility, the possibility of of adding the second most talented offensive weapon on the team sort of presents itself. Like, you got to kick the tires on that, right? You just have to. Christian McCaffrey is the best weapon that the 49ers have. DeAndre Hopkins showed up. He'd be number two instantly. You know, all due respect to Debo and Ayuk and George Kittle and Elijah Mitchell and everyone else that you're excited about, and I'm excited about this here. DeAndre Hopkins, is fucking play, dude. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. Well, what about that PED suspension? Yeah, it's football. Everyone gets one eventually. Uh, all I can tell you is um, how are the Arizona Cardinals perpetually a bad organization? Well, uh, let's start with your cutting DeAndre Hopkins. you telling me you couldn't find a trade for him? You couldn't have picked up a fifth, fourth, third rounder for DeAndre Hopkins anywhere in the draft? You seriously just let that guy walk? I mean that's the NFL telling you we know how bad you are at business Arizona because we bet you're going to choke on how to exit the DeAndre Hopkins, you know, the business. God, that's a bad poorly run franchise. It really truly is, man. So look, it's going to be a fun weekend. A uh, Game 6 must have it for the Celtics in Miami is going to set up a fun Saturday night of uh, a basketball, I hope. Uh we've got uh the Giants starting to play some good baseball again put your eye on the Giants and we'll explain why here in just a second and then look I've said it over and done over and over, over and over and over and over and over I'm not a big auto racing guy as a matter of fact I'm not an auto racing guy I don't pretend to be I'm not putting on airs the whole like formula one thing that happened in the revolution there it hasn't really caught me yet but Jillian's starting one to, to watch that uh, drive to survive series we might pick that up she's doing a little uh work maybe with, uh with, with, <laughs> I, never mind, McLaren. McLaren's going to be a sponsor here before it's all said and done. But um, look, uh there are a lot of interesting things going on around a racetrack back home again in Indiana. The Indianapolis 500 is on Sunday. It's Memorial Day weekend. Everybody's got a long weekend, so I hope you enjoy. I will watch a little of the Indianapolis 500. I will. That's a great American sporting event. One of the most fun days I've ever had at a sporting event. The size of that track, the spectacle of it all—it's incredible. It's incredible. It really is. So, uh, the only thing that the Indianapolis 500 is going to be lacking is Jim Neighbors, who, of course, passed away, and they can't—you know—can't. Back home again in Indiana. And they're gonna pull out the world's biggest drum by Purdue, which isn't even the world's biggest drum anymore. Freaking Purdue marching band—that's amateur hour compared to the music students Indiana has. But okay, they're engineers, but they haven't been able to engineer themselves a championship in basketball, and that's all that really matters in the state of Indiana. Go Hoosiers! But I—I am—I'm—I'm uh, I'm, I'm talking, talking to the wife about the background here, right? We need to get a 49ers helmet in there, and I told her that I, I would like a Cal helmet because when I was a kid growing up, I thought the script Cal helmet was just awesome. But as I've told you, uh, if I get kicked in the dick one more time, and that's all Indiana football does, I, I, I am I'm adopting USC the minute they join the Big Ten. I told Jillian about getting a USC helmet behind me. It's the closest she's come to contacting a divorce lawyer since we've been together. She is not having any USC paraphernalia behind me. I'm going to have to hide it. I'm going to have to hide that. Uh, It's going to happen, though. Fight on. Go, Trojans. By the way, I got good news on the coffee front. Uh, Phil's. And I'm a Phil's guy. Uh, This is a sponsor. This is this is an ad-free. This is a sponsorship-free ad I'm about to do for Phil's Coffee, Filtered Soul. That's my blend, man. I need a cup of Filtered Soul every day. Uh, Haven't had a cup of Filtered Soul in about a month. They had a fire in the warehouse, which slowed down their delivery. I get bags delivered, baby. I don't get my beans at the grocery store. I get my beans delivered from Phil's. They finally got back to their delivery schedule. So I'm drink. I, I have good coffee every day. I'm like Tarantino and Pulp Fiction. You don't need to tell me my coffee's good. I buy it. I know how expensive it is. I know I have good coffee. Winston Wolf, little cheers. This is good coffee. Oh, Phils, I need you. I love you. You should totally sponsor the show, by the way. Totally sponsor the show. Oh, look, Jillian's in the chat now. She's very excited. She's very excited because people are saying nice things about uh, about her bears. Look at this. Hold on. Here we go. What do we got? Oh. Oski. There you go. Nebraska helmet. No, we're not gonna have any Nebraska helmets over here. No. You know the and you know the N on the side of the Nebraska helmet stands for knowledge. Um. Yeah, a lot of go bears. You tell the story. You tell the whole damn story. Someone's appreciating the gym neighbors. Thank thank you very much. Oh, I Am The Bay wants to know, Damon, what can you tell us about Trace Jackson Davis since the Warriors are hosting him today for the draft? Dude, Trace Jackson Davis is a low post player who is about scoring from eight feet and in, and he rebounds. He rebounds. He's exactly the kind of player... That I think the Warriors could draft and actually play in his rookie season. I've seen another name from Indiana, Jalen Hood-Shafino, a guard attached to the Warriors too. I don't know if he'll be there. I don't know if Trace Jackson-Davis. Look, if Trace Jackson-Davis is there around 19, the Warriors should jump on that. And if they do, holy shit, uh, we're gonna don't don't let don't let a Hoosier be on the Golden State Warriors. And we'll talk about that two-timeline plan firing back up and building all around for the Trace Jackson Davis era. Look, the Warriors have done well drafting the sons of former NBA players, right? Absolutely they have. They've done very well. Uh, Steph Curry, son of a former NBA player. Klay Thompson, son of a former NBA player. Trace Jackson Davis is Dale Davis' kid. Remember him from the Pacers? Eh? Go ahead. Go ahead, get that NBA family DNA on the roster. I want to get to the San Francisco Giants. Uh, want to get to the San Francisco... Oh, by the way, I'm getting booed about USC. Look at it this way. Let's say you... Before we get to the Giants, let's say you have suffered as an Indiana football fan and you're looking for a new team to adopt. Why the fuck would you adopt the Cal Golden Bears who you know, like are racing to the finish line of disappointment every year along with the Hoosiers. You know what would be even dumber for me is if I adopted UCLA, another basketball school, trying to play a little football. And they come into the big day. And I'm going USC, baby. Get Song girls. Come on. You're telling me not only do I get, what, a, a eight Heisman final, 11 national championships, I get the song girls, the best sweater tits in the world. I know what's up. Dude, the song girls are responsible for my libido. I mean, I remember being like a little kid, seeing them and going, oh, wait a minute. I think I like girls. (laughs) Song girls, dude, they're pumping out playmates on that that cheerleader's team. Come on. Fight on. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Uh... The San Francisco Giants kids are starting to cook with fire. Again, I'm not saying get excited, but I am saying get interested. You're gonna have a self a baseball season this year, San Francisco. You are. Uh, they got back to 500 last night. Again, no great shakes. They started poorly. Uh, Giants used six pitchers in a shutout last night in Milwaukee. That bullpen is officially firing darts over like the last three weeks, a month. They're, they're a lot better than they were at the beginning of the year. Um, Michael Conforto. Look, he had a slow start, which coming off a year lost to injury probably should have been expected. Probably shouldn't have been as disappointed with Michael Conforto's slow start. You should probably be excited about who he might be on this team. He went 4-for-4 last night with a home run. And look, when the Giants hit home runs, they're not hitting cheapies, man. He crushed that thing. 424 feet. Conforto's going 8-for-17 with three home runs, six RBIs in just his last four games, so... Welcome to the club, Michael Conforto. Um, I saw this from the ESPN postgame write-up. Conforto's gone. um, Conforto has 11 home runs and 22 walks in this season. The former New York Mets outfielder has now joined Moises Alou, Barry Bonds, and Willie Mays as the only Giants players since 1901 to have at least 10 home runs and 20 walks in their first 44 games with the team. Is Michael Conforto, Barry Bonds, Willie Mays, or Moises Alou probably not but he's in a conversation for as good of a start as they've had so that's 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 good stuff look there's a lot to not like about Farhan and the way that he's run this team and we've always said he's been better at the back of the roster than he is at the top of the roster well look Michael Conforto's coming on J.D. Davis who was a Farhan move like these guys are really powering the lineup right now Casey Schmidt is the most exciting rookie call-up, what, in years? The pitching is officially across the board now. Decent? Even Sean Manaya is starting to contribute out of the bullpen. You got Mike Yastrzemski back from injury, and he's starting to see the ball well. He's always going to leave you wanting more, but right now he's their best option in center field. You got Estrada, who's got a lot of hits in his bat. Like, he's got the best war on the team right now. Tyro Estrada. You got, what, Patrick Bailey, the rookie catcher, who is certainly the best backstop that they have right now. He's a better catcher than than Sable. Uh, Also a rook. Uh, Joey Bart, stocked down all the way, but this is about what's going good with the Giants, not what's going wrong. Let me tell you, if Mitch Hanniger gets right, like, all of a sudden, the Giants are going to have a little bit of a lineup. I'm starting to see... And I remember when everyone was so down on the Giants saying they are going to have a terrible year. I told you, they're not going to have a terrible year. They're not going to have a great year. But they're going to be better than people expect. And the team that I thought might be better than people expect is starting to rear its head. Alex Wood gets the ball tonight. He's still looking for his first decision on the year. You got... Webb and Cobb going on Saturday and Sunday. So while you're watching the Indianapolis 500 Giants fans, you're going to have a little bit of a flip back there. And again, the Giants are worth watching right now, and they're going to get a little bit better. I mean, Jock Peterson should be back soon. Austin Slater, according to Gabe Kapler, can be measured in days away. So, interesting, right? I mean, they're they're just getting interesting. That's all you can hope for. Um, meanwhile, the Oakland A's are officially interesting for all the wrong reasons. They're now 10 and 42 back home after a winless seven game road trip. And for that, they get awarded a series with the Astros and a homestand that will feature the Atlanta Braves right now. And the Atlanta Braves are just cooking. So the A's are in an awful lot of trouble. They're just the third team since 1901 to have a winning percentage under 200, 52 games into the year. I mean, that's a thing. You know, small sample size. Everyone talks about schmal sample sizes. This is a large sample size of sucking. And Ben Ross, who covers the A's, had a couple just sobering tweets. The A's at 10 and 42 are on pace to go 32 and 130 this year. That would be the second most losses in Major League history behind the 1899 Cleveland Spiders who lost 134 games in a row. Las Vegas, keep all your A's stadium renderings. I'm telling you, John Fisher is the poison that your town does not need. It took the Rays... This is a great tweet from Ben Ross. It took the Rays 11 games to get to 11 wins, the A's through 52 games have not reached 11 wins. I mean, I'm going to pause for dramatic effect right there, sip this coffee, and just look sternly at the camera. That's the the what-the-hell face. I mean, come on. Come on, man. I mean, you 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 can't just show up as a Major League Baseball team and be that bad without it being part of the design. The A's level of suck that they have right now is not a bug. It's a feature. Fuck John Fisher at all times. Can't say it enough. Can't say it loud enough. Can't say it with your throat deep enough. You really can't. You really, really can't. I told you today's topic was a little bit about, you know, if you're around long enough, you see yourself become the villain. I'm going to go straight out of office space. I'm going to go to the Bobs saying, what would you say it is you do here, NCAA? I got this note for you. It's about an NIL bill which would create a new federal measure to regulate the wild, wild west that is name, image, and likeness. And by the way, this is a segment that I couldn't even do on the radio because nobody gives a shit about college football around here. But I love college. I love college sports. I love college football. I want the kids to finally get their piece of the pie. But we have a level of NIL that is creating. It's going to create more problems than it solves for some not across the board but you can just feel all the stories of those kids were taken advantage of now coming from a different area instead of the ncaa but ncaa again there was a letter outlining a draft of federal college sports bills and it would it would allow the following it would allow nil deal nil deals it would give the ncaa legal protection from what nil deals gone wrong it says that athletes specifically cannot be employees which is just just poppycock at this point in time i'm going poppycock uh, poppycock that's that's insane they they are employees when you're asking players to play all nights of the week now appear on tv have games kick off at all times you're not just playing on saturday afternoon anymore you know longer flights in between conference games than ever before you got conferences that stretch thousands of miles. There's nothing about geographical alignment that means anything anymore. That's professional sports. You got billion dollar TV deals. This is professional sports. These athletes are employees. The other thing this bill is going to do is create a regulatory body to make and enforce rules about collectives, boosters, athlete endorsement deals. And my question is again, What would you say you do here, NCAA? Aren't you a regulatory body? That is what, now just ceding responsibility to another we-hope-they-create-it regulatory body? Outside of John Fisher, I can't think of anything more useless to the process of doing something right than the NCAA at this point. If If you are a regulatory body... Asking for another regulatory body to be created to regulate the shit that you're not regulating, what are you doing besides just collecting money that you're certainly you like basically have no 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 reason to even earn. You know, so the NCAA uh, goes ahead and hosts a tournament that comes without you know uh, on court advertising. Uh, dude, start a private NCAA tournament pay the kids right, and I'll watch that one before, you know, all all the, well, I'll watch the one that Indiana goes to, let's be honest. You got me there. (laughs) I'm going to tell on myself right away. Another little guarantee from Uncle Damon. You know, here's a headline that you can just wait to see happen. Watch the entire world Turn on Deion Sanders. Watch it happen. Watch it happen. There's a story that's saying, you know, the Pac-12 is about to be his conference, especially like once USC leaves. They're going to need some star power. And look, Oregon can have an awful lot of star power and cool uniforms, but people tuning in to just see what Oregon's doing, eh, maybe. Uh, Washington, obviously, is a big brand in the Pac-12. You know, Utah's never going to be. So they're hoping that all the attention that Deion Sanders is now bringing to Colorado, he'll he'll eventually be the face of the conference. Again, I don't know how anyone could be a face of the conference that's really not on TV. If you're not on TV, you're the Sun Belt. The Buffaloes went just 1-11 and a year ago, and Coach Prime is, like, aggressively rebuilding the roster to the point where he is treating his team, like they're all his employees, and he's basically fired 50 of them looking for 50 new employees. The Buffaloes have lost a, a an astonishing 50-plus players to the NCAA transfer portal since Deion Sanders arrived. And that's not a whole bunch of kids saying, oh, the hottest coach in America showed up, I want to transfer. No, that's Deion kicking kids off the roster. And you can talk about how much college sports is a professional sports this these days, but you can't go treating these kids like pros. I mean, it, it's it's pretty disgusting what Deion Sanders has done to that roster. And I understand, like, you know, it, it is, it's an aggressive rebuild, and if they come out and they start winning an awful lot, winning is the bomb that cures everything. But this is just the wrong way to treat a whole bunch of college kids straight up you can't argue with me. You can't argue with me. You can talk about how much things are changing. This is just a shitty way to do it to college kids. Imagine if you grew up dreaming about going to Boulder, being a part of that program, earning a scholarship, having a new coach with all the buzz in the world come in and basically say, Hey, before I even really watch you play, I'm going to deem you not good enough. Get off the roster again. Is there any doubt in anyone's mind? The first time Colorado catches a three game losing streak, Deion's going to turn around and blame the kids more than he takes any responsibility. He thinks he's hot shit and in many ways he's right. And he is, but I'm telling you watch the world turn on this guy. I saw a story in bro Bible, which wrote aggressive rebuilds have always included seeing players through their college careers. There are a lot of new coaches in college football this year, but only one is flushing like 50 kids down the drain with no consideration to the fact that they're 18, 19, 20 years old, to their education, whether they wanted to be at Colorado, earn that scholarship at Colorado, Pittsburgh Panthers coach Pat Narduzzi, Narduzzi, uh, he has come out criticizing Deion Sanders and good on him for saying it, saying, quote, that's not the way it's meant to be. This is what he told Brandon Marcello of 24-7 Sports. That's not what the rule was intended to be. It's not to completely overhaul your roster. We'll see how it works out, but that to me looks bad on college football coaches across the country. Those kids have moms and dads and brothers and sisters and goals in life. I don't know how many of those 70 that really left actually wanted to leave or were kicked in the butt and told to get out. Narduzzi goes on to say, when I was at Pitt, when I got to Pitt in 2015, I didn't kick anybody off the team. Zero kids. Zero kids. When you become the new head coach, all those kids on your roster are yours. That day, day number one, those are your kids. Those are your guys. When you become a head coach, you want to inherit a team, and you coach that team. If someone wants to leave, that's fine, but you don't kick them out. I disagree with the whole process. It's not why I got into coaching this game. Watch the echo of that sentiment grow. Unless Dion is straight up standing on 8-9 wins in year number one with one of the best turnarounds college has seen in a long time. Watch the world turn against Deion Sanders. little prediction. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. When Uncle Damon makes predictions, it's scary how often they come true. Watch it happen. We're about to get into a little club plus. We got an awful lot to get into in Club Plus. We got a, a, a flying text line here today. A lot to get into. Oh man, I'm, I'm just uh, uh, look at Ike Damon. I'll call Phil for you. Go ahead, Ike. Tell him. Tell him this man knows how to move product. And speaking of moving product, here's our final. Perfect story for a Friday. How bad is that world economy right now? How rough is that world economy right now? Cocaine dealers have it rough right now. A story in Yahoo, on Yahoo today, and I'll just read to you Carlos, not his real name. I mean, even if it was. Do you think you could just go to Colombia and scream Carlos and only one dude is like, oh, that's me? Carlos. Again, you didn't have to tell me that that is a made up name. It's like going to Little Italy and screaming Gina. Like there's going to be 40 girls leaning out of windows going, yeah? Anyway, Carlos, a 36 year old coca grower in Colombia. Is stuck hanging on to kilos of the valuable paste that is used to make cocaine. Cultivating his two hectares, hectare, hectares, 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 cultivating his two hectares had cost him about $660. Uh, He told the reporter on the scene that he normally would be able to sell the product for about $4,000. Well, he's only been able to sell about $400 worth because there is a dip in demand, which is good. Don't do cocaine, kids. Unless in Las Vegas. Don't do cocaine. Um, The dip is at historically low prices right now. The end of the trading chain where cocaine is made from his paste would be worth millions, but he can't even get rid of the paste. Now, experts say that the rise of synthetic opioids such as fentanyl and an overproduction of coca is changing consumer habits and several recent blows, no pun intended, to Colombia's powerful drug cartels could all be contributing to the price drop. Some 250,000 Colombian families depend on coca for a living. That's about 1.5% of the entire country's population. So pour a little out for those cocaine dealers in Colombia. Even they got it rough. It's brutal out there, kids. You got really successful people, from radio hosts to cocaine dealers to successful uh, people in tech uh, all over the place. Really pe- good people. At, pe- people who are really good at what they do. Getting laid off. Left and right. Again, what they've always said. The vices, the vices will never be affected by the economy. Like gambling, drugs. Like, you invest in those because they never go away. As a matter of fact, the more desperate people get, the more people turn to those two vices. We'll get black blackened whiskey. But, man. It's rough out there when cocaine dealers are crying broke, when cocaine producers are saying, man, it's tough out there. It's officially tough out there. By the way, speaking of uh, fills, try the Silk and Splendor and the filtered soul blend. So filtered. So, oh, oh, it's a you can put them together for Silk and Soul. Ooh, Mr. Bridge. That's a pretty good idea. That's a pretty good idea. So I like Silk and Splendor. I like the uh, what Greater Alarm. I think there's one. Uh, there's a, there's a Manhattan blend, um, but I'm I am a big filtered soul guy because what it is, it's got that like coca mocha e flavor. Just put right. It's like it's like a mocha without adding any element of chocolate. Like I I really like the filtered soul. And again, as someone who grew up a Cub fan, once I found something that I like, I just stick with it. I, I just, you know, once I this is why I'm an elite shopper, because once I know I like something, I'll just go back and get that again and that again and that again. And the whole like, do you want to go ahead and um, uh, try something new? No. Like the minute I find something that I like, I'm good with it. Well, you might like this other new thing better. Maybe, but I might not. So I'm just going to stick with what I know. It's kind of how I do it. So. We are about to uh, we're about to get into Club Plus. The amp set list last night, though, was hot fire, hot fire. Two different versions of how to kill a radio consultant by public enemy. I dedicate that to uh, all former radio stations. I'm shipping up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. Again, we were celebrating the Celtics' win last night. Mass appeal by Gangstar. Gangstar is from Boston. So were the Cars. We played their best song, Moving in Stereo and Magic. Uh, Something About You by the band Boston, one of the greatest-selling debut rock albums of all time. Uh, New Edition Double Shot, If It Isn't Love and Cool It Now. Then we went way left of center to play Agbaju Logan. Which means the audience is strong. It's from Shina Williams and his African percussionists. It's a 12 minute long Nigerian disco song. And it's the coolest thing you're. Find Shina, S H I N A Williams, and play the song Agbaju Logan, A G B O J U L O G U N. Find that song find that song. I saw my man, uh, rocking new era 84. He was hanging out last night on the amp app and he's like, Oh my God, that song's awesome. I'm going to download it today. That's this song is, I wish I could play it for you. This is why I love amp and hanging out over there. Like I'll just talk sports over here. I think I'm just going to go be a DJ over on amp. I don't even know if I'm going to continue to cover the NBA playoffs, which they hired me to do. I just love playing the music. I just love playing, like, why does this song care? Why do I care about this song? Why do I like this song? Why do I like that song? I get into it. Jillian was listening last night. She's like, I heard you having so much fun. You should just keep that up. Like, whether they continue to pay you or not, doesn't even matter. She's like, it makes you happy. It is. It's like my happy spot. So, again, I got my Metallica t-shirt. I got my Phil's coffee. I got the blackened whiskey upstairs. I ate a delicious Ike sandwich. Again, the Dirty Reuben. Oh, man, that thing is good. That put me in my happy place yesterday. We're about to go to a happy place for all the Plusers out there as we get into Club Plus. And I'll go ahead and plug the disco lights in right now, baby. But if you are listening only on the podcast today, I want to say thank you very much. This podcast is absolutely exploding. Let me tell you what we've done two months in. First month of the podcast, we had 7,000 plus downloads. Month number two, 16,000-plus downloads. I mean, that is incredible growth. And it's thanks to you that we're doing that. It's thanks to you that the plus continues to grow. I thank you so very much. I hope you have a great weekend. If you're watching on YouTube, stick around for Club Plus. It's right around the corner. But if you're listening on the podcast, thank you. Have a great weekend. And please do remember that sports don't build character, they reveal it. And like that, he's gone.